right, Outsiders, welcome in. We got another great show for you here today. We're talking all Super Bowl. We have the full cast here with you. Ryan, your host, Ben, Corey, and Dylan. We had the great debate last week in preparation for the Super Bowl, this big game. And what a big game it was. Certainly lived up to all the expectations, everything we were hoping for. But it was not shy of a little bit of controversy. Obviously, throughout the entire game, the slippery field conditions were on full display. And obviously, the big holding penalty at the end of the game, which sealed the deal for Kansas City to win their second Super Bowl in four years. I'll open it up to you guys. I know we got a couple of uh, differing opinions here on that call. So, Ben, you go ahead and start. Thanks, Ryan. And I'm actually going to start by talking about the weekend I should have had if I decided to play some bets. I'll tell you what, and if anybody listened to what I said on the podcast that we put out previewing the Super Bowl on Saturday, you would have been pretty successful as well. I'm just going to run down, and I am totally patting myself on the back here. Chiefs win. Told you guys that. I told you guys the Eagles were going to go into halftime winning the game. The Chiefs were going to take the lead in the third quarter, and they weren't going to trail again after that. They didn't. Canarius Tony was going to have a big game. Now, this is the one spot where I was wrong. He still had a big game, but I said he was going to have three touchdowns. And I'll tell you what I said. He was going to be Super Bowl MVP. He was five yards away from that. I'm pretty sure he returns that punt for a touchdown. Kansas City wins the Super Bowl still. And Canarius Tony would have been the Super Bowl MVP. Now, I also predicted the correct score, 38-35. Defensive touchdown. Spagnolo was going to get this defense to do just enough to keep the offense in this game and help them win. And the Chiefs had an answer to that dangerous Eagles pass rush, which not only didn't get a sack, but really didn't pressure the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes on that wounded ankle much, especially in the second half. Now, going into this controversy, though, I don't think there's much controversy to it at all. You have James Bradbury, who grabs the jersey of Juju Smith-Schuster. The ball is so-called uncatchable from what I've heard from people. Doesn't matter. The penalty called, and I am going to read it off exactly how the official does. Prior to the pass, that means uncatchable is right out the window. James Bradbury grabbed the jersey of Juju Smith-Schuster as he was breaking out of his route. Guess what? That slows you down. If you have never played football, if you have never tried to run with someone pulling your shirt back, I advise you to go give it a shot because I'll tell you right now, it is not easy and it certainly slows you down. That prevented Juju from being able to go potentially run that ball down. You don't know if he's going to. Guess what? Penalty. And I think... It does not matter when in a game a penalty happens. If it is a penalty, you cannot dispute the fact that they called a penalty. All right. I know everybody's dying to hear my opinion on this matter, as it was my Eagles that lost in the Super Bowl. So I do feel the need to preface the tangent I'm going to go on regarding this penalty with. I do not blame the penalty for the Eagles loss in the Super Bowl. If you put yourself in a position where one penalty can change the outcome of your season, you didn't do enough to win. That is how I feel. 
I'm standing on that. The Eagles defense gave up 38 points with or without that penalty. It was not good enough to win. So just to flatly say, I am not blaming the penalty for the loss. I am not one of those people. Winners win and losers make excuses. This is not an excuse for an Eagles loss. However, this penalty should never have been called in this spot. I'm sorry, but these are the best referees in the world, and they need to understand situational refereeing. This is the biggest game on the biggest stage. The players need to decide the outcome, not the referees. As well, a couple points that I want to make here. On the 60-plus passing attempts in this game, can you, the audience, guess how many defensive holding or pass interference penalties were called prior to this one? i give you one second. Great. The answer was zero. This was the first one called of the game, and we saw it on TV. They were letting these guys play. So on the last big important play of the game, you don't let them play. You need to be consistent as a referee, as an official. You were letting the players get handsy with each other all night. And now, at this point in the game, tied, a minute 50 to go, that's when you decide to change it up? And was there a little bit of a tug? Absolutely. Bradbury said so himself. But I heard this um, comparison from Emmanuel Acho. Great comparison. Yeah, if I'm going 50 miles per hour in a 45, can I get pulled over? I guess. But am I going to be pretty mad when it happens? Because I know that a lot of other guys are going 50 in that 45. You're darn right I'm going to be. And I don't think that is the perfect comparison for this moment. You could get pulled over, but we all know you'd still be mad and you'd still be salty about it. I want to start this off by saying I hate the Eagles. I'm, ha- I'm happy they lost. Sorry, Dylan. I hate the Eagles more than any team in any sport ever. But Dylan is pretty much 100% right with it. To me, the idea that you call games the same, no matter what they are, is is just a fallacy. There are different games that deserve different calls and different leeway. In the Super Bowl, you want to be the best. You want to call your best, cleanest game. Now, what Dylan said is exactly how I feel. You didn't see any other calls throughout the game, and I know that Bradbury was doing it all game. There were a bunch of missed calls. There was a bunch of tugs. You were letting them play. You made it clear to the players you were letting them play. If this penalty was called twice in the first quarter to let Bradbury know that this wasn't that they weren't going to let him play that way, he changes his game, and the rest of the game goes differently. You don't make this call for the first time in that spot in the game. Did he do it? Yeah, he admitted it. So what? It stops where it stops. It should stop there, but it doesn't. You can't make the call for the first time after letting them play. That's where it should be a no call. Penalty or not, you gave the players the okay that it was okay to do a little tug here and there because that's all it was, was just a little tug. And sure, it threw Juju off, but you gave permission as an official that that is okay to do by not calling it at any other point in the game when it was happening. You aren't doing your job if you're being inconsistent like that. 
That's the issue I have. It's a penalty, yes. But if you were consistent and called it all game, then you have then nobody should have any problems with it being called there. But the fact that you never called it, it was happening all game. It wasn't the first time that it happened and you called it. It was going on all game. You cannot, in good conscience, make that call because it definitely changed the outcome of the game. And if you threw the flag, you don't pick it up. Make some BS excuse. Have it be offsetting penalties at that point and have them redo the third down because you threw an errant flag. Don't change the outcome of the game because ultimately that penalty did give the Chiefs the win. The Eagles weren't going to get the ball back with a chance to score at that point. It was just out of reach. The time just wasn't in their favor. But you cannot make that call for the first time in that scenario. You just can't. It's not fair to the players. It's not fair to the fans. It's not fair to the game of football to put it in the hands of the referees like that. Make the call early and let them know. But if you see it going on and you don't make a call, then don't make the call out of the blue at the end of the game where it changes everything. It's not right. Corey, I completely disagree with you. What do you mean it's not fair to the game of football to make the correct call? It's not the correct call when you're letting them play. And you know what? To sit there and say that you're taking the play out of the player's hands is absolute bullshit. And you know why? Because these players made the play. James Bradbury tugged the jersey. As soon as you see the jersey pulled, it's a penalty. And you know what? If it happened earlier in the game, that means the refs missed it. You can be as mad as you want about the inconsistencies, but the game does need to be called the exact same way. You don't let those things slide when you see them earlier because the biggest plays of the game shouldn't be determined because a player cheated and grabbed the jersey and kept another one from running again i do not think you guys are understanding how much it slows you down to be pulled back while you're trying to run and have even the slightest resistance that's not it, what we're arguing at all though we're not arguing you're that arguing that the sp- you're arguing that the spot of the penalty matters and it doesn't if it's a penalty it's a penalty every play in a football game is just as big just because that play happened at the end of the game doesn't make it bigger than the plays in the first quarter you know what there was a pass interference on James Bradbury in the first quarter that they missed, the Chiefs had a chance on that drive to go up 14-7. to They don't call it. They punt the ball away to Philadelphia. They go down the field and score. You're telling me that missed call doesn't have just as big of an impact? Because it does. And you know what? It does not matter when the penalty happens. You need to call it. I don't care if they did. They missed calls earlier in the game. Makeup calls are bullshit. You don't call makeup calls. You you miss a call. It's going to happen. We're human. The refs are human too. But you don't go and call things at the beginning of the game, but then swallow your whistles because that's absolute horseshit. A penalty at the beginning of the game is just as much a penalty at the end of the game. The spot does not matter. Every single snap means just as much. You make a mistake and, you know, you blow up a play early in the game. Guess what? That's going to potentially make things get out of hand. You know, I do have to reiterate Corey's point here because I completely agree with it. It wasn't a penalty earlier in the game, and that's the problem. 
you are setting the tone for these players, what they can and cannot do in the biggest games, maybe of the season, maybe of their life. And point out wasn't one spot. Once. Point out. Point out one play. You pointed it out earlier for us. You said Juju on the play that was a PI. It wasn't called. Pass pass interference is different than holding. He grabbed the jersey and pulled it. When you see a jersey pulled, you cannot not call it. It has to be called. It's immediate red flag. You could ask anybody who's an official at any level of football. If you see a defensive back pull a wide receiver's jersey while he is running, it is a penalty every single time. It in is. the six so, you know previous what? pass Say, attempts, if you don't think there was one tug, you're out of your mind. Go point, go point it out and if, tell me if the ref is looking at I'll go look up the game it. film after the game. Exactly, but you know what? You're telling me, oh, there was definitely a penalty. Well, where did you see someone grab the jersey? Because those are the kinds of things that stand out, and you would remember if you saw it earlier in the game. Now, obviously, things happen that the refs don't see, and you know what? That Again, they are human, but when they see it, they're going to call it. You have I also think it's very important. The second point I wanted to bring up is that the NFL is a business at the end of the day. And you know what? Maybe this isn't fair and it's not right to say, but they have a brand to keep up. And how does this look optically to the fans? Not great because aside from you, Ben, everybody on Twitter, whether it was Pat McAfee, LeBron James, Skip Bayless, you name them, they're in the sports world. They said it was BS. Or you either die a hero (laughs) or you live long enough to become a villain. And you know what? You stand by your principles and you stand by the principles of the game. The officials will make the correct call when they see them. That is their job. They did not make those same calls earlier in the game. I know at this point, we're just going to agree to disagree, pulling back the fourth wall and curtain to these viewers. We've had this debate over text. You can tell that we're all passionate about it. I'm going to let Corey make a final point here, but I really stand by his point of you got to call the game consistent throughout and not change up on the very last play. I'm not saying you don't call it consistently. But I'm saying if you see a penalty, you call it. You gotta if if they're not seeing it though, then they're then they're missing something. They're not doing their job right if they're missing it consistently earlier. And yes, there's holding on every play, defensive, offensive. I'm sure you can find something on every play, but you gotta be consistent. I'm sure that wasn't it wasn't the most egregious tug. And yes, it was a penalty. Nobody's disputing it's a penalty but it was a tug. It wasn't the most egregious. And the play that in the part of the play that keeps being shown over and over, wasn't even the part that was called the penalty. The penalty was called slightly before the second hand went by the hip, because if you see it in slow-mo, it looks like the one hand grabs the front hip and pull and pulls it back, but it doesn't. It's the backhand that he, that grabs the, the Jersey a little bit and pulls him back. Was the pass catchable? Who knows? Probably not. But the fallacy of saying that every play and every call has the equal effect on the same game just doesn't make sense to me. Yes, that pass interference was big, but you had a full, you had three quarters or whatever it was to build a game plan and come back from that. The Eagles never were given a chance to come back from it. That penalty took the ball away and never gave the Eagles a chance. 
it's not an equal call. The Chiefs were able to run out the clock and game over. The Eagles never had a shot after that penalty was called. The Chiefs had a shot or a second shot and a third shot and a fourth shot at the ball after that pass interference wasn't called where the game changed. And yes, it could have got out of hand there, but it didn't because the Chiefs were able to make a stop because they were given a chance to. At that point, in, with this penalty, the Eagles were never given a chance to do anything. They couldn't make a stop because there was no time to. The Chiefs were in field goal range. They were able to knock, knock time off the clock. Eagles couldn't really do anything at that point. Fresh set of downs and everything. It's just consistency. That's all people ask for. And if you're going to make a call in the biggest spot of the game, at least make sure it's something that doesn't have any holes in it. Don't make it the first time you're calling holding when you know it's happened all throughout the game, especially when it's a little tug like this. And I know everybody goes back to the Saints-Vikings game where they didn't make the call. This isn't that. This wasn't as egregious as that. It's a penalty all the same, but penalties happen and they're uncalled for all the time. Sometimes this needs to be the one that isn't called. Mahomes should have made a better read, thrown a better ball. It's it's a tough call, and you know the the ref had the stones to make it, and good on him. Stood by it, you know. Good on Bradbury owning up to it. He could have he could have said no, I didn't, I didn't hold him, but he admitted to it, and that's really where that conversation ends. And the conversation of should the ref have called it in the first place? Since it wasn't called, it all begins. And really, that's what it is: is not all calls are equal. This call, the pass interference, are not equal penalties called because where they are in the game affects the game more. I'm just going to leave it at that. Corey, it's not the, you know, the Eagles had four and a half or three and a half quarters to build up a lead. You know, they still had the same 60 minutes in the football game as the Chiefs did. When the penalties happen does not matter. It doesn't, because guess what? The Eagles had a 10-point lead going into halftime. They were tied when that penalty occurred. The Eagles squandered that 10-point lead. The Eagles were only able to score 10 points or 11 points in the second half. That's not the ref's fault. The ref made the call in the spot. You said it yourself. It was a penalty and a discussion. If it's a penalty, it needs to be called. And you know what? You can talk about the inconsistencies. The problem is not on that penalty that they called. The problem is the fact that they didn't call the ones earlier then. That's what the issue is. Because the bottom line is if it is a penalty, it needs to be called. You don't swallow the whistles because you know what? I know the feeling of when you have a chance taken away from you by someone who gained an unfair advantage by pulling your arm or doing something to keep you from making the play and nothing is called for. And now all of a sudden you have to give the ball back. There is no more unfair, helpless feeling. So, you know what? I will leave that there with that. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll move in here and say, I mean, this is a controversy for good reason. Um, I mean, you guys are on polar opposites and, and Corey's kind of a little more in the middle, but this has been the talk of the town throughout the entire NFL media. Like Dylan mentioned, Emmanuel Acho's analogy, and it's been on ESPN. It's been on Fox Sports. It's been on NFL Network. It's been all over Twitter. But uh, my input is it's tough to get through an NFL game these days 
without a little bit of controversy. And it was full on display on the biggest stage. Obviously, this holding call at the end of the game, but I mentioned too earlier about the field conditions. I mean, I feel like that's almost going under the radar here. We talk about the the war on turf, so to speak, and the MetLife field and all these injuries and grass is supposed to be so much better. And and I I don't know if it was the paint or what slipping over the field. And I mean, who knows what a catch is these days? There is three or four different times in this game alone that it was up for debate in our group chat, you know, again, the pull the curtain back was popping off. And look at the end of the day, I, I sat here on the show and I picked the Eagles to win as a Colts fan, knowing we were getting uh, Shane Steichen as our new head coach. I was cheering for the Eagles to win this game, but in my eyes, Nick Bolton should have a second fumble return for a touchdown. I, I believe that was a catch. I think Dallas Goddard's was a catch. So onto Smith, I think a lot of these it's, it's no one knows anymore. And I think that's, uh, I hope that traction starts to pick up on full-time referees and there's pushback on that saying, well, what do they do during the off season? I mean, you could like just have in general professional referees for what it's, they'll be trained in various sports. They could, you know, we have the XFL. Now we have the USFL. Now I don't think those overlap or if they do, it's very little, maybe only a week or two. Um, But you can have these referees going almost year round, but let's completely change gears here because I don't want all this to overshadow. And I also don't want to play into recency bias too much, but I want to sit here and say this is one of the best Super Bowls we've ever seen. It was a phenomenal game. Just these teams, you know, exchanging blows back and forth. Philadelphia, it seemed almost so one-sided the first half. But at the same time, it wasn't. The Chiefs were getting this momentum. But Jalen Hurts was not going quietly into the night. Um, Just in general, all right, from the fun aspect of it, what did you guys think of this game? I thought it was the best game of the year. I really did. And this is exactly what I was hoping for. I thought this was going to be a phenomenal game. There was offensive fireworks. There were some good defensive plays. We saw a defensive touchdown. And yeah, while everyone was slipping on the field, I think the players did as good of a job as they could to adjust and try and keep their feet under them. To still see Patrick Mahomes keep his footing with that situation, I think speaks for itself. These guys are freak athletes and they do find a way to adjust. Come the second half, we didn't see it as much, although we did still see it happening. Really, though, overall, it's just such a phenomenal game. I thought these two teams really were the two best teams this season, and we had a great game come out of it. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing to do, to remove yourself as a fan, especially when your team's in the Super Bowl, and look back on a game and grade it in terms of other great Super Bowls, especially when your team is the one that falls victim to losing. And when I try and separate myself from it and look back, I think we're going to have a greater appreciation for this Super Bowl in five years time, because I think Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team are not going anywhere. But I don't think Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, and this Eagles team are going anywhere. I think these teams are very well positioned to be two powerhouses in the NFL. And I think they could potentially face each other in the Super Bowl 
again in the next five years. And it's not something that we say often, especially in the NFL, which is an ever-changing league. And I'm very careful to say so, but I think both of these teams have bright futures. And I do think it was a fantastic Super Bowl. For me, 28-3 to for Tom Brady still ranks above it. And as well, it's hard for me not to have Nick Foles and the Eagles winning the Super Bowl as my top tier one. But this is definitely up there in my lifetime. Yeah, this Super Bowl was really fun. I mean, it's hard to not love a game with so much offense, right? Offense is what gets the fans going, at least the more fringe fans. And, you know, the fact that we had a defensive score, too, in this game was amazing. Wanted to throw it out there. And I I, I don't know. It was just a fun game all around. And uh, the Chiefs are a team that we'll see here again. The Eagles... If they can break the NFC East curse, we can see here again soon. They just got to figure out their coordinator and uh, try to get out of the uh, the cap hell that they'll possibly be in. Yeah, this game had everything. Defense obviously had a role. Offense was front and center. Even special teams, the Kadarius Tony pun return. A little bit of everything for everyone. But for one more time this season, we're going to talk Outsiders of the Week for the big game here. So, again, shining the spotlight on the guys that aren't household names. You're not going to find Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts in this segment. But, Ben, I'm going to throw it to you quick for you. Who is your offensive outsider of the week for the Chiefs? Yeah, it's it's Isaiah Pacheco, I, the offensive outsider of the week. He didn't really get much action in the first half, but once they started giving him the ball, they saw how wide the Eagles' ends were rushing up the field to try to contain Mahomes in the pocket. They started giving the ball to uh, Pacheco, and that's what opened things up uh, along the edges for Corey's point in terms of getting Mahomes on the outside and the Chiefs scoring some points. Pac ran the ball really hard and really had a strong game. And Corey, I know being a Rutgers guy – you uh, you definitely are someone who roots for Pacheco. Yeah, man, I love Pop. Me and my friends all, you know, did a squad bet, Pacheco, anytime touchdown. And, uh, you know, we're all just big Pop fans. One of my friends actually had a couple classes with Pacheco, told us Pacheco shows up 20 minutes late, leaves 30 minutes early, obviously there for the education, and just showed up high out of his mind at every class, just enjoying life, just enjoying every minute of it. But from all accounts, just as a really good dude, too. You know, I haven't crossed paths with him personally other than some sideline reporting. But everything I've heard from people connected to him is that he's a nice dude, and I couldn't be happier for him. 20 minutes late and 30 minutes early is an entire class, isn't it, guys? Where I come from, I think it is. Well, for us Wilkes folk. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, Isaiah Pacheco certainly had a great year and might have moved Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of that starting spot in the backfield by Patrick Mahomes. So defensive outsider here to wrap up the season with this segment, it's Nick Bolton. I think even if he didn't have that second fumble return for a touchdown, I still would have given him Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he obviously had the big score in the first half. But it just seemed like when the Chiefs defense needed a stop in the second half, it was number 32. Nick Bolton making the stop. He had a great stop. I believe it was Ken Gainwell um, that really held Philly to a field goal when Kansas City could not let them get a touchdown. But Dylan, I want to ask you, who 
outside of the big names on Philadelphia, had they won this game, who do you think we would have been talking about here? I certainly think we would have been talking on the defensive end about CJ Gardner Johnson. This guy was all over the field, didn't miss a tackle, was excellent in the open field. He was an absolute beast. And on the offensive end, it was really just mostly Jalen Hurts. If Philly had won the game, you know, I'd mentioned Kenny Gainwell before. He was clearly the RB1. Miles Sanders was worked out, but CJ Gardner Johnson for sure. And I hope to see you in an Eagles jersey next season. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you again so much for joining us here at Outsider Sports. Remember to keep tuning in with us as we move through, even though the NFL season is over. The NFL offseason is just getting started. We'll have our thoughts on the XFL and USFL as we move through the spring. Thank you. Good night. For the shit I stand by So I kinda turn you on Seven months from July Eat the pussy like a ride When I met her she was shy Now it's hard to keep dry Now we're first in the cry Where the penny I supply Latest Gucci's and Fendi's But first we got a vibe Girl my hand it kinda don't Till it's still on the slide Keep it sim Taking arrows through my heart Taylor I can't Buckles, lie Must flex. accuse it for I be the one who chase until Please he's let me go You yeah. can do better Dang. These times are hard Just let me go And don't you settle For nothing more than Sky's all black, down fast, better syndicated.